Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. You know, in life, we're always taught as kids and then growing up, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Not the best advice ever. And by that, I mean, sometimes you need to just give up, i.e. surrender, because it'll help you move your life forward. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm expecting a very impactful 25, 30 minutes with this gentleman. We started talking even before we got on here about surrendering, but what does that all mean? Mike Corral is with Optimal Life Practices, and he's with us today. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, Steve. I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And I, I can completely relate to this whole surrender thing. I'll explain why in a moment, but let's, let's if we could, explain what we're talking about when it comes to surrendering. Well, yeah, okay, good. I mean, it's really important to realize that when we're on our journey of, of uh, self-discovery and spiritual empowerment, we need to realize that there are times in between when we need to surrender. We need to give in um, because it's a time for us to regroup and gain new perspective to reboot ourselves and then push forward again. Unfortunately, when people think about surrendering, they're thinking about the white flag, as you said, you know, uh, giving up and giving, uh, you know, giving in. But there are times where we actually need to, to do it with confidence, uh, with trust, with faith that we're doing the right thing. Hmm. So, I mean, to give you a couple of examples, Steve, uh, when we go to bed at night, it's a form of surrendering. We know we're going to sleep. We're not going to be fighting the journey. We're not going to be fighting the battle for the time that we're asleep. Um, There are so many things that we do intermittently throughout the day that are opportunities for us to regroup. And we need to actually be aware that we're we're giving in right now. This is time for me to give in. This is time for me to regroup, restore, kind of like going into hibernation, if you will, in the wintertime. You know, you you use that period when you can't do anything else or or when everything else is limited to uh, rebuild yourself and and, and regroup. And it's so important because if you don't surrender when you fall asleep, You've got so much on your mind that you don't want to stop, you know, or or you can't stop. Maybe you want to, but you know, your mind is just stuff going around, and and sometimes you just need to say, "All right, I'm I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go to sleep, and then deal with it in the morning or whatever it might be." Uh, I've I'm always running. I'm always doing something. I never relax. I never take the time. I just don't. Uh, and I don't know. I was wired that way a long time ago. And now, and I'm talking very recently in the last, I want to say four months, I take the time. I surrender. I, (laughs) even in the morning on a weekend, I will wake up and there's times I just lay in bed. I maybe watch TV on my phone, meditate, whatever. And I, and, and now I've made it a practice. I will, I will admit it's my, you know, guilty pleasure. I'll, uh, have a delivery from Dunkin' Donuts or a breakfast sandwich and a nice large coffee and just sit there and you know have it in bed. But a friend of mine wanted to get together and I said, just a couple of minutes ago, text me. And she, we used to get together a lot. 
you know, just to talk about stuff and I'm helping her with some projects. And she goes, when are you free? And I said, yeah, usually probably the best thing would be, you know, on the weekend because then we don't have to worry about schedules. And then she says, all right, well, what about Sunday morning before church? And I said, love you, but nope. And I could have <laughs> just said, sure. All right. Nine o'clock. I'll meet you, you know, for a cup of coffee. And a part of me wanted to, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm surrendering to taking the time because I know I need it and I never do it. And now I'm even taking more time, just chilling out at night where I would just, you know, go out with friends or do something, just tapping the brakes, tapping the brakes a little bit. Because in that, that example, we think we're not doing anything. We think we're being unproductive. We're lazy, but it's actually the opposite of that. You are taking the time to recharge your body, maybe come up with new ideas. So it is very productive, but a lot of times, myself included, we don't look at it that way and then we don't surrender. Right, right. And what we do when we refuse to surrender, when we keep, when we think that we have to be on pilot all the time, or we think that we have to be in control of every situation, or we have to figure everything out before we feel okay. What we're doing is actually depriving ourselves of a restorative process yes. that needs to take place. I mean, let's let's take driving a car. We drove our, I bought a new truck and I drove it across the country from California to, to Massachusetts. My wife and I took turns and not only did we need to take turns for ourselves, uh, you know, so that we could be alert when we were driving, but we had to give the car some rest too, you know, otherwise it would have either overheated or something would have happened, you know, so we had to allow that restorative process. Um, and, and it's just, it's the same way throughout life in, in many different instances. But one, one of the important things about surrendering is knowing when it's time. Mm. Uh, because when we know it's time, we can do it with confidence. You know, when you, if you take the word confidence, it means to do something with full trust, to do it with faith. Con means with, and fianza means faith. Uh, if we don't do it with faith, if we don't do it deliberately, we rob ourselves of a full, of the optimal experience when we go into it, you know? And so a wise person will continue to work as long as they understand that they're, they're, operating at optimal and then they say well now it's time just like you did if you said when you said no it's not going to happen this weekend not going to happen this sunday because your inner self knows and that's the wisdom of the inner self that it, it knows when it's time to not do anything you know uh, absolutely and by the way if it was a a very important situation where somebody needed my attention, of course, then I pivot, you know, that's like, oh. all right, we'll change it up there. But it was yeah. just a get together, talk about what she's got going on, what, how I can help her with it. You know, well, we can even do it by phone, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's also in what, what you're talking about is, and we've, we've talked about this before the living in the moment concept mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. if you're, if you're living in the moment, then you can easily surrender because if you're not living in the moment, what are you doing? You're thinking about the past. You're thinking about the future, all these things. Well, what if, you know, I can't stop because, you know, what if that happens over there? Oh, remember the last time I took a break? Yeah, I was sick. And then, and, and then that happened back then, back in the day. 
But if you're living in the moment, it's just like, yeah, it's okay. All right. I can surrender. I don't have to worry about that stuff. Yes. Yeah. There's something in the back of your mind that says, I can afford this. I can afford to stop and I can afford to relax. I can afford to rest. Not only can you afford it, you can ill afford not to do it. You cannot afford to not do it, you know, because even if it doesn't happen immediately, it'll catch up with you in the end, you know, at the latter part of things. So it's, it's a good idea to know that it's okay to surrender. And, you know, there are so many instances in life that we need to realize that we can only control so much and the universe will take over when we completely deplete ourselves. But there is something about our, uh, our wellness that will continue to win as long as we give ourselves that opportunity, hmm. as long as we afford ourselves that, that opportunity to, you know, to thrive. Is that what happens eventually that the universe just says, all right, I'm going to take over now. <laughs> it's like, it's like that song. Uh, oh, I can't think of the artist. Uh, got blonde hair, but you know, Jesus take the wheel. You know, it's just like just, you know, yes. the universe yes. is just going to take over at this point because it needs to, you've gotten to the point. Let's say you've, you've, you haven't surrendered. You don't get enough sleep. You're just running yourself ragged because you haven't just taken that time. Uh, and that's just one example. There's different examples of surrendering. Uh, but does the universe eventually just take over? It does. It mm. does. <clears throat> but wow. you know, there, there, there are instances where we don't listen to the universe. We don't give it its full authority. You know, I don't know if you, if, if you had an experience with this with your daughter, but I remember when, <laughs> when my kids were little, we would, uh, we'd be playing in the pool. And I am not the best of swimmers. As a matter of fact, I could barely make it to stay alive if you threw me in a, you know, in a body of water. And I remember my my daughter I, I'm telling her, I'm in the pool and I'm saying, jump, I'll catch you. And she looks at me and she goes, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I felt terrible. I said, she doesn't trust that I can I can handle this. We do that sometimes with the universe. You know, we do that and uh, we don't mm. trust the universe is going to take over. If we don't trust that we can actually fall back into the arms of the universe, so to speak. Why? Because it's not an entity that we recognize. It's not an entity that we're familiar with. We don't have a relationship with it. It's difficult to trust. You know? And it's understandable. It's not tangible. That's right. How do you That's trust right. something you don't see? You can't talk to, you can't, uh, there's no examples. I, after time of trusting the universe, you do have examples, you know, you, you, you've, right. you've got that after a while. Uh, right. but, but out of the gate, uh, I, I understand it. You know, I understand yeah. it. You know, it's funny because when you, when we talk about the universe, for me, it's, the universe is a very uncomfortable word for me to use, but I use it graciously for people that don't have a concept that they can latch onto uh, and, and real, that really resonates with them. For me, the concept of God is, is, the, is the thing that, that makes me feel very confident. This is what's going to happen because it's, it, it's more like human. It's more anthropomorphic, if you will, for a big word, um, to imagine a God with every, with every characteristic of a human being. And the reason why it's easier to believe is because I can 
I can put myself in a situation and and realize that it's going to be it's it's going to be followed up with. Hmm. But I don't want to get astray. Well, on, you know, on we're, we're not we're not talking about religion here, but I understand what you're saying, and it and it's it's like you give a a face to the universe, and that is a god. That's right. So it has an identity, and I'll, I'll be honest. Here we go. I I've never been like super religious, but I would go to church. I would read at church. They asked me to. Uh, they said, "Hey, you got a good voice. Can you come here and read on Sundays?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then that would come. I would read every other Sunday or whatever. I'd be on the schedule. I had no idea what I was reading. <laughs> I, I even had to study it the night before so I would pronounce it correctly. But I found myself um, feeling disconnected in a lot of ways religiously. And uh, I go to church. I found a different church, and 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 it, and it kind of works for me. Um, but I, 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 my sense of this thing called the universe grew from this in the last few years to this. And, oh, yeah. and is it, you know, is it connected to a God? I don't have that answer. Uh, I will talk to a friend, actually the friend that wanted to meet on Sunday and we'll, we'll talk, you know, I'll say, yeah, well, the universe supports us. And she's like, Oh really? Who do you think created the universe? And I'm like, ah, right, here we go. Here we go. And I'm not saying that's not true, but right. I'm, I'm personally, my jury, my internal jury is, is out on that at the moment. I'll, I'll get back yeah. to that, but I do know there's a thing called the universe. Maybe it's God that only wants the best for us. It's not looking to do harm to us. It's only for good. Uh, right. And right. if you do the right thing, the good stuff does come back to you. You shouldn't be doing it for that reason, but mm-hmm. it all kind of works that way. You know, it's a, kind of a synergy. Yeah. And it's interesting you said that because those are, those are little help helpers when we realize that it has never failed us in the past um it's going to be there for us and we'll be rewarded for it that is evidence of its sustainability that's evidence that it'll it'll continue to work when i work with people who have uh, lived with some kind of chronic illness or you know a chronic um uh, i don't know chronic doubt i'll, I'll call it there are people who will get so anxious over a certain event and, and will say, I don't think I'm going to make it, you know, and we've probably talked just about this before. If you move forward into time and you reflect back on the time when they didn't think they can make it and you say, how are you doing now compared to back then when you didn't think you, well, I'm still here and I'm doing okay, but the problem isn't gone away, hasn't gone away. Well, the fact that you're still here proves that you made it and you will continue to make it. If you allow yourself, why not luxuriate in the idea that you've made it so far? Uh, I'll continue to make it. You know, it's just a little switching of the mindset, you know, a little switching of of your belief uh, system, tweaking it just a little bit to allow that faith, that confidence to exist. Um, having that confidence really brings uh, adds a stability to our life you know, and sustainability. It even, it even will contribute to our sense of personal authority, how, how much we are in control and how much say we actually have in the way things turn out for us in the future. Now you say the word confidence and we've talked about faith and faith could be, I'm not just talking about religion faith. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Is confidence and faith the same thing? 
It is in my book. And I use the terms interchangeably because for some people you use the word faith and they'll, they'll disqualify themselves. Well, I'm not a faith. I'm not a religious person. So that that's not for me. If you say confidence and on the other hand, there are a lot of other things that you can believe in that will make it more feasible. That will make it feel more feasible. You can believe in yourself. You can believe in a higher power. You can believe in, uh, you know, role models. You can believe in people that have done it that are very similar to to the kind of person you are. You know that that kind of confidence uh, is no different from the kind of uh, confidence we use when we have faith, you know, mm. in, in the universe or a higher entity. Yeah, and even just the, I guess they are interchangeable. As I as I think it deeper, based on what you said. Uh, even the, if you have the confidence or the faith, you can surrender. Yes. I, I don't believe you can surrender fully in any situation unless you have that faith and confidence. Right, right. Mm. Have you ever been to those um, personal growth workshops where they have you, uh, it's, a, it's an exercise of trust? I know where you're going, and I just had the visual. Go ahead. Yeah. So you, you, they say, okay, so-and-so is behind you. you know, these are your coaches, yada, yada, yada. Well, we want you to show how much you trust, you know, and just lean your ba- lean back and let yourself fall. And, you know, if they weren't there, you just fall on the ground, hit your head. But you, you have to conjure up this, this faith, this trust in the person behind you. And they're rooting behind you saying, do it, do it, do it. We're here, we're here, we're here. And lo and behold, you, you do it and they catch you and it, everything is good. That same concept can apply to a lot of other things, a lot of other scary things that we need to face, uh, face in life. Yeah. And, you know, it's a matter of giving in and moving forward. I forget who it was that wrote a book that says, feel the fear and do it anyway. Hmm. Some of us <laughs> wait for the fear to go away. But if you can learn to feel the fear and do it anyway, that's confidence. Yeah, I guess you can even look at it this way. Let's say five years ago, somebody goes for a medical test and they know that something's up, but they're not sure what it is. Results come back and it's it's not the greatest. It's not the worst. It's kind of chronic. But they freaked out over it. Like, oh my gosh, you know, what what is it going to be? And and then it got managed with meds and everything was okay. But- but there was a lot of fear. Oh my gosh, what's what is yeah. gonna what's happening? Fast forward five years, and they have some other, let's say, medical challenges, and they're gonna go for another test. Well, now they're in a different mindset because they have faith and they have confidence, and whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I got through that right. last time. I got through it this time. Yeah. But they don't they don't worry about it the same way. It just it's- and and then guess what nothing it materializes into nothing it wasn't right. even worth worrying about and you know as you were saying that i was thinking why why does it take having gone through it at least once for people to have the confidence i think it's because they did something that they can always do again under the same circumstances you know they learned from those circumstances and so now they have a plan even an, an internal plan of what i'm going to do in this case scenario again mm. you know when i was young my dad says prepare ex- expect, hope for the best and prepare for the, the worst, worst. <laughs> so if you do that at least you have a game plan for the very worst scenario and you know if 
it could actually be fun to to plan out. Okay, in the very best scenario, we're gonna win. We're gonna win. You know, five grand in this endeavor. Worst case scenario, we'll be out this much money. If we're out this much money, then we need to do such and such to make it up. Mm-hmm. So you have plans for every scenario that builds your confidence. It allows you to, to you know, uh, to give into the circumstances that you got to give that you got to deal with. What are some other examples of of surrendering? We talk about sleep, taking time, things like that. Any others that come to mind? Uh, I do. I have. Uh, let me see a couple of examples here. So you know when we when we decide that we're going to take a vacation, we in the back of our mind we're preparing and we're looking for where where we would like to spend our time, but to make the actual decision really takes something like putting a deposit down on the place that you're going to reserve Mm. or taking action on, on what you believe is going to happen. These are all examples of preparing to surrender and creating the opportunity for surrender. So on the one hand, you're staying in control and you're using that sense of control to, to prepare a bed for yourself, so to speak, that you can lie in. Let's just say taking a vacation. Um, we do that because we know it's needed. We do that because it's going to restore our relationships with the people that we vacationed with. It's going to create a lot more in the long run. Mm. You know, going out for a meal instead of cooking at home. You know, or cooking at home instead of going out for a meal. Yeah, you know, doing something other than what you're used to. Uh, give it a go, and and see what happens. You know, test your limits, so to speak. And just go go with have again confidence, faith in what's inside you. And they say that that's even one of the best ways to test it, if you will, on a very l- lower scale. What should I yeah. have for dinner tonight? Italian or Chinese? What am I feeling? Listen to within, and 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 your body knows what it wants, but it you does. have to listen to it. That um, yeah, some some of the bigger challenges easier said than done. By the way, um, this time last year, I would have been on vacation in Japan with my son. He always wanted to go. I was like, all right, let's pull the trigger, let's do it. Booked it, and my gut told me this is not right. And I looked deeper into the travel company and there were some issues there and there were other things surrounding it that just going wasn't right at the time. Uh, so I pulled, I pulled back on it, lost a couple of bucks, but I was going with my intuition that right. it wasn't the right time to go. And I, I believe I made the right decision. Doesn't mean we're not going to go. We'll, we'll circle back to that at some point. But, uh, you know, I brought that up cause you were talking about, you know, vacation plans. Uh, yes. and it just, didn't seem right. And it's a big, you know, we've never gone to Europe. We've never gone to a country that doesn't speak the language, you know, you know and we're going to kind of wing it. So, you know, you're on your own. Um, but that was my, my gut was telling me, and I think it was right. I really feel. I, I can totally relate to that because there, when I was young, when I was 19 years old, I left my home and my family, my church, I left everything. And I was following that still small voice, AKA my gut. And um, well into this experience, I volunteered. I, I became a part of a missionary group. They needed somebody to li- to go to Guatemala and we had to travel without a lot of means. 
So anyway, I hitchhiked from Mexico to Guatemala and uh, lived there for a year. And in that process, I had to renew my visa. And I did it on the border of Nicaragua. The border patrol guy would not let me through because I didn't have enough money to show that I was a tourist long enough. So I decided to wait till the changing of the guards. I slept on a park bench and I'm praying the whole time. I'm saying, if, if, if this is what you want me to do, I have no problem doing it. It was warm out. It wasn't freezing cold, but it was raining. And here I am sleeping on the park bench. I did doze off. Next thing you know, I'm waking up, going to the border again. Boom, they let me right through. You know, to be able to surrender under those conditions kind of makes it, makes it kind of pushes the envelope a little bit. It stretches the, uh, um, oh, yeah the boundaries a bit, you know? Oh yeah. And I'll bet when we're talking about it years later, you never forgot it. And inside you, it gave you inner confidence for, for other things as well. Especially today. I, you know, I, I was telling my kids, you know, if I lost everything and start, had to start with nothing, I know what I would do. I know exactly what I do. If you strip me of everything and left me out in the cold, I, I would know what to do. Mm. So I said, whatever it takes for you to get to that point, is well worth it for any of us. Whatever it takes for us to get to the point where I, I would be totally okay if I lost everything I had and had to start over from scratch. Well, it, somebody told me a long time ago when I was in a, a transitional period, it was at least uh, 15, 17 years ago, um, when you're at your lowest point, you're most humble. And when you're most humble, you're at the point where you're open to receive whatever's coming your way. Uh, And I'm not talking about money necessarily, but just advice, signs from the universe, uh, your intuition, all of that. Mike, great talking with you. How do we, I know you, you know, this is what you, this is what you study. This is what you teach. This is how you counsel and coach. Uh, How do we find you? You can go to optimallifepractices.com or you can call me 508-648-0825. Um, and reach me that way. I would love to hear from you. Even yeah. if it's just ask a question. Yeah. Great talking today. So relatable and, uh, it's okay to surrender. It's, it certainly <laughs> it really is. is. All right. We'll catch up next time. Okay. You got it, Steve. We'll take care. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Of course my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is. Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right? Her car seat looks like the right size. There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat, aren't there? Rear-facing, forward-facing? I think I have it right. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. I know my child's in the right car seat, or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.